Welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. God bless you, my friends. This is Evangelist Kevin Wagner, founder of Wagner Ministries International, welcoming you to our podcast today. My message today is from Acts chapter 5, verses 17 to 42 where we see the results of Peter and the other apostles knowing their identity in Christ so well and moving on in the power of God. I'm going to read it to you now. It's a lengthy passage, but listen carefully to all of it as it is all very important to the message today. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The apostles are brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers that were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, 
they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, on our last podcast, we saw the Bible tell the tale of two men, Barnabas and Ananias. This week, we again see God's Word tell the tale of two men, but this time, their names are Gamaliel and Peter. Gamaliel, you'll recall, gives the wise and prudent counsel to the Jewish leaders of whom he was the chief, which ultimately led to the saving of Peter's neck. Gamaliel was an interesting man, a man among men of his day. He is one of the minor characters in the book of Acts, paling in comparison to Peter and Paul. But in his day, he was far more than that. The Bible, in its typical restraint, calls him a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people. History tells us that this Gamaliel was one of the heroes in the history of Jewish rabbis, teachers, and holy men. The Apostle Paul was brought up at his feet. Gamaliel was the grandson of perhaps the most revered rabbi ever, the great Hillel. Gamaliel was the representative of the, of the best school of the Pharisees. He was the tolerant and big-hearted rival of his first-century contemporary, the famous and fanatical Shammai. Gamaliel's teaching at times reminded one of Jesus' own words in the Sermon on the Mount. Later, rabbis looked back and saw him as the last of their great teachers. The glory of the law, it was said, has departed with Gamaliel. And it was this fame that granted him the highest honor in Judaism, the title of Rabban, a rabbi among rabbis. Gamaliel was the president of the Jewish ruling council, and as he rose with all the weight of years and authority, the council pricked up their ears to listen to his words. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. This is truly the wise counsel as far as human wisdom goes, of a tolerant, fair, and honest man. Gamaliel and his advice is the counsel of wise restraint. He is the perfect example of the moderating influence of the legal mind. Gamaliel and those like him today might be called well-balanced people. They are able to stand apart from a situation and look at it objectively. They know how to wait. They aren't hot-headed. They care, but they care quietly and soberly. Their wisdom and advice is usually well-received as it comes from a well-respected person. Appropriate, moderate, acceptable. There is only one problem. It is not godly. Gamaliel's counsel was wise as far as human wisdom goes, but it wasn't godly. Do you remember what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians about human wisdom? He wrote that the foolishness of God is wiser even than man's wisest wisdom. 
And here is an example of that human wisdom. Gamaliel counsels the leaders, stop, keep your head, wait. Because if this Jesus stuff works, then it's of God. If it keeps growing, if it remains popular, God is in it. Now, don't get me wrong. The Lord can use even human wisdom for good like he did here. But you see, human wisdom, both then and now, looks at situations and movements and asks, does it work? But the man or woman of God looks at these same things and asks instead, is this what God wants? Is this right? Is this true? Gamaliel's wisdom is popular today. But if Christians in the church of Jesus Christ buy into it, we're trapped. We're trapped, you see, because if we buy into the what works philosophy, then we're trapped into admitting that what pop culture deems right and good this year or month or week really is right and good. You see, a claim by itself does not necessitate a claim to the truth. And what works is never a foolproof test of what's right. Jesus promised that his followers will bear fruit. There will be growth. The gates of hell, he said, will not prevail against his church. He does say that a good tree bears good fruit and that by a person's or a movement's fruit, its results, we will know them. But the key qualification Jesus makes is that the tree must first be good be rooted in the living word, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the living Son of God and Savior, Jesus Christ, before any of its fruit can be called good at all. Success for the spiritual manner movement is always measured by what God's word calls good, not by what society does. Gamaliel may have had some good reasons for the counsel he gave. There is a tradition that he was secretly a follower of Jesus, that he was baptized by Peter and Paul along with Nicodemus, another member of the Jewish ruling council, who you remember not that he only had the courage to talk to Jesus at night when none of his important friends were watching. Tradition says that Gamaliel buried Stephen and other early martyrs after their brutal executions and that his own body was laid to rest in the same tomb as Stephen and Nicodemus. He would have watched Jesus with cautious interest, and Gamaliel's love would have grown for the same Nazarene whom the other council members reviled. He would have noted Nicodemus' own counsel of caution given in John chapter 7, when the leaders wanted to kill Jesus before his time. Maybe that advice served as an example to Gamaliel of how to best deal with the situation before him. Perhaps, in order to avoid the death of Christianity's early leaders, which could have smothered the baby faith in its infancy. Perhaps for this reason, Gamaliel did the best he thought he could, speak wise, moderate, and prudent words that he knew would cool his contemporaries and save the apostles' skins. Perhaps Gamaliel really was among the many chief rulers in John chapter 12, who the Bible says secretly believed in Christ but shrunk from confessing him publicly. And ultimately, it was this that proved to be the difference in this tale of two men. Because you see, while Gamaliel was afraid to come out of the closet, Peter burned the closet down so he couldn't retreat back even if he wanted to. While Gamaliel was held back by fear of going public, 
Peter said he couldn't help speaking about what he had seen and heard. While the praise of people and the power of position held Gamaliel in bondage, the Bible says that Peter was free to rejoice because he had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name above all names. Here are two men faced with similar choices, but resulting in radically different outcomes. Gamaliel was more highly educated, more cultured, and more talented than Peter. And yet Peter becomes God's torch that burns through the years, while Gamaliel fades like the glow of a dying ember. Which one, I ask you, are you today? The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the bondage breaker who came to set captives like us free from all sorts of things. Emotional, physical, spiritual bondages, you name it. Jesus is ready, willing, and able to set his people free from their pasts and presents that bind them up and instead open us up to an exciting future filled with Holy Ghost power. Well, Gamaliel was a man in need of Jesus' freedom. And maybe today you are too. Gamaliel was trapped by his relationships and trapped by his position. The people that he hung out with, that he rubbed shoulders and pocketbooks with, his friends, so to speak, they did not allow Gamaliel the freedom of going public about who he was. His group, his gang, the people he was closest to, they didn't allow him to stand up for Jesus. They didn't permit him to go public with the possible fact that he loved the Lord. How is it with you today? Think about your relationships, your friends, the people you're currently close to. Are those people encouraging you to make a bold stand for Christ, to move on for God and fall more deeply in love with Him? Or are they inhibiting you? Is their presence in your life dragging you into silence about the most important love in your life? It's not that you don't want to live for Jesus or move on for God. It's rather that you're afraid that if you go public about the man who means the most to you, those people who sadly may even mean more, will mock you, ridicule you, or perhaps even worse, ignore you. You fear you will lose their friendship, their love, and perhaps most significantly, their respect. And you fear this may in turn end up in you losing the position that you have or that you want in the rank of those same people. This is a very real fear because I too have known it in the past. But I know something else as well. I know what Jesus says in Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. As imperfect as my love for my Master is, His wise counsel compels me to let Him work against that fear. When all is said and done, I ask you, what relationships really matter? They're the people who help move us closer to Jesus and also those people who are open to us doing the same thing for them. What happens if friendships and relationships are damaged or even end because the other person is not able to deal with someone who loves Jesus most? Well, in those cases, the Lord will provide other more spiritually healthy relationships in your life. And even more importantly, he will give you the blessing 
of getting to know Him better. Are you being held back and moving on for God because of spiritually unhealthy relationships in your life? Is your witness for Christ stuck and stifled because of the position you're in or the position you want? I want to invite you today to freedom. You don't have to be a stifled and fearful Gamaliel anymore, someone stuck in a current that has run its course. The Lord Jesus can free you up to be a Peter today, a man able to stand up to the powers in his life and boldly say, I must obey God rather than men. The Lord can free you to be able to rejoice because you are accounted worthy of even suffering disgrace for the name of the most important person in your life. Friends, the power of God is sufficient today to free each of you up for your heart's desire and make you a man or woman, teenager or child, who, like Peter, is moving on for God in a rushing river of powerful, exciting, and freeing life in the Holy Spirit. Do you need this release and freedom today? Then I invite you to bring that bondage to Jesus today and let him deal with it as I pray for you right now. Jesus, I give you all those who are listening right now. I pray that you would give them holy boldness that goes beyond simply the desire to stand up for you publicly and moves them into the realm of actively taking that stand. In Jesus' name, I break the spirit of fear off them and speak over them the promise you've given us in 2 Timothy 1.7 where you say that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let this new life of power and boldness for you be evident in their lives today, that they themselves may notice a significant difference in how they act and live for you on a daily basis, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. As always, my friends, I look so forward to our next podcast where we will move further into the book of Acts as the Holy Spirit uses His Word to help us walk daily in the power of God. Have a blessed day in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org. God bless.